thought I'd fake everybody out and get here before 10 o'clock today. So. You know, I used to be prompt and showed up everywhere on time, and then I got married. And then we mitigated that, and then then we had kids. And I would, as much as I would like to blame all of them for my constant lateness lately, it's actually me. So I have kind of, uh, I guess it's rubbed off on me as it were. It's like, oh, I got time. It's like, I need to leave in 20 minutes. Oh, I still need to take a shower. Oh, I got time. <laughs> so, but hey, it's not 10 o'clock yet. So, whew. all right. Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. God, <coughs> your word. God, is that foundation on which we build our life. God, uh, you have uh, you told us, God, that if we would build our life on that foundation of your word, God, if we would hear your word and do it, God, that it would be like building our house on a rock. God, and that if we heard your word but did not take it to ourselves and did not apply it, didn't allow you to work through us and in us, and on us, God, that we would be building our house upon the sand. So, God, this morning what we want is to have our lives built firmly on that foundation of your word. God, that we would be not just hearers of the word, but doers of it. God, that we would break up that fallow ground in our hearts. God, it's it's easy to just come... Uh, rolling in on Sunday morning because it's Sunday morning, God. But what we want is to have your spirit do what your spirit does. God, as only you can, God, prepare our hearts, God, and and plant this word in us, God, and bring it forth as only you can. God, you said that your word would not return to you void. It would accomplish the purpose you sent it to do. God, uh, let us be that people in which that happens. God, we pray it and ask it in your righteousness. Amen. Amen. All right, so go with me to Isaiah 58. If we were in the south, I'd say, if you have your Bibles, go with me to Isaiah 58. It's funny, I this this week marks 24 years since I got born again, and this, uh, I remember asking Mike before I came to church the first time, I was like, do I need to bring a Bible with me? Because I had no idea. Do you bring a Bible to church? Do you not? I had no idea. So, after all these years, the idea of not bringing a Bible to church seems somewhat alien, but uh, um, but uh, so... Uh, if you were here for Sunday school last week, then then uh, this is probably going to be a rerun. But you know, sometimes God will talk to us about something, and then He'll talk to us about it again, and then He'll talk to us about it again. And uh, you know, there's there's a few different ways you can take that. You know, we, you can I, I, I examine yourself honestly and say, okay, so is, is God still talking about this because I'm not getting it, um, or is He just is he putting this in me? Am I doing the things that God is, is talking about? Because if he is, then you know, hooray for you, and uh, and you can you can relax. I, I've talked to people that 
God will talk about the same subject for week after week, and, and it uh, makes them really anxious because they're they're not. It's like, well, he keeps talking about this. I must not be getting it. It's like, well, you, know, you can't go on a witch hunt, but you gotta examine yourself honestly by the Word of God. And uh, and this is one of those subjects I think uh, that um, we kind of need to be reminded of from time to time. Uh, we we have a uh, a staff meeting every Monday morning with our guys so that we can keep our expectations and what we are about as a company front and center all the time. And uh, sometimes I fear it, it doesn't accomplish what we hope it does, but um, uh, but it, it does keep that sense of uh, this is what we're doing front and center. So, um, so in Isaiah 58, he says, um, Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice and they take a delight in approaching to God. So those two verses seem really odd when you put them together. Because in this first verse, he's talking about finding fault with with God's people. And and then he follows that up with but they you know they, they seek me, they delight to approach to me and, and follow after justice and, and all that stuff. Seems very contradictory. Um, he says in verse three, Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul, and thou takest no knowledge? And before I get to his his answer here, um, well, actually, no, let's go ahead and read what God goes on to answer. He says, Behold, in the day of your fast you find pleasure and exact all of your labors. Uh, and the, the margin here in my Bible says uh, that you exact all of the things wherewith you grieve others. Uh, and he goes on to say, Behold, you fast for strife and debate, the smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. So he, it's interesting because he's talking about them. Uh, he's like, I'm going to talk to you about about a, a problem I see here that we want that I want to address, and then goes on to talk about all these great looking religiousy things that they're doing. And he says, but now you're coming to me and saying, why have, have we fasted and you're not? You're not happy with it. And so God explains here that why he's not happy with it. But the interesting thing about fasting, something that I, I, I misunderstood about fasting quite early on, was uh, that it seemed to me that it was something with which you purchased something from God. And, and in a sense it is, as far as... Um, uh, you know anything that you, you know, um, that you you seek after, you're going to have to spend some time and effort seeking it. But it's you know it's not so much about that. I mean, when you fast, you're pushing your flesh back, and you're telling your your flesh no. And um, to go a day without eating, for example, most common sort of fast, I suppose, um, you won't die, but it is not fun. 
and and your flesh will make these sounds, you know, and and you hopefully if you're going to fast, you work by yourself, you know, because no one is going to want to be around you while you're fasting. Mike and I were at this uh, got stuck working the home show thing yesterday, and it was a real hassle to go anywhere to get anything to eat, and it was slow. And so we're stuck here on a Saturday. This is boring, and no really good way to get lunch. So lunchtime comes and goes. You know, we're stuck there till five. By about three, Mike and I are both just like, <laughs> and uh, so you know, by the time I came home, it's like I was ready to you know tear something open and eat it with the blood the moment I came in the door. You know, like. Like, give me food and give it to me now. Um, but you don't, you won't die. I mean, and that was just like not eating for like eight or nine hours, you know. And uh, so it can be a really interesting thing. But it does push your flesh back and shows you that, you know what, you have control over this. You have control over your flesh. And, uh, and, it, and it gives your spirit man room and it, and it, and it, makes you more in a frame to receive from God. So, you know, fasting is a really great thing there. What fasting isn't, and of course, let me back up. So we, you know, when we really need something from God, we fast and pray. And that's why. That's why the fasting part is because we're, we're putting our flesh aside and we're, we're, uh, we're wanting to put ourselves in this frame of, of being able to really receive from God. What it isn't is badgering God to to uh, do what I want you to do. Uh, and that was kind of what I thought it was at first. And uh, um, it reminds me of the story Ron was telling on Wednesday about his brother would hold his breath till he passed out at Walmart. And uh, it's like, you know, I mentioned that last night, and my kids were like, why would you do that? And I was like, well, I don't know. But... Uh, I suppose you're, you know, um, you know, I suppose that you know that kids make some weird decisions sometimes based on their idea of how things are going. You know, I mean, everybody has uh, their own internal like story of what's going on all the time, which is why you can you can be with somebody, go to the exact same event and come away with something entirely, utterly different because we, we see things differently. But, uh, um, so, you know, yeah, so long story short, I, I used to kind of picture fasting as sort of this, like, Gandhi hunger strike, you know. It's like I'm, it's like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast until God does what I want him to. Um, and I, I learned early on, though, that um, you can't manipulate God into doing anything. Uh, and to think that you can is foolish, but um, at the same time, but he does give us this this in with him. He, he's like, if you want, if you really want something from me, let me explain how you get it. And he tells you this, the, about um, the widow and the unjust judge. And uh, and so, uh, if you want something from God, you need something from God. Let me tell you about Jacob at the at the forge attic. And so. Um, you know, so we, we, we wear him out, as it were. And and that does work, because any of you that have children know that if you ask get asked enough times, 
you will probably break. It just depends. At my house, you know, I mean, I don't know. You know, some kids, it's like they're molding them is like Play-Doh, you know. You just, they're nice and compliant and reasonable and they just, they, they you know, they want to make you happy. Of course, all kids do. But, and then you have kids like mine that are like granite. It's like you have to get out the chisel and the, like, you know, the 10-pound sledge. You're like, ah, trying to, to get anything to change. And, you know, I never thought that I was somebody who um, would hesitate to bring down some parental edict that they wouldn't like uh, because I knew they wouldn't like it. I never thought that, that was me. I always kind of figured, I'm like, that's my way or the highway, bro. Take it or leave it. Too bad. That's how I saw it. That was my internal story. You know, that's, that's me. And then I get to thinking about how, man, my kids' devices have really gotten away from all of us. It's like we all have a phone. We all have a tablet. We all have a laptop. And it's like I can limit the one thing, but then there's this other thing. And every time I turn around, it's like, hey, they're buried in, the, in some other device now. And, uh, and I realized that was being a bad example because I would bury myself in my device for like five or ten minutes on the couch. And that's what they see, but that's like... You know, I have, it's not like I did that all day. <laughs> but anyway, um, and so I decided, you know, I need to do something about this. And then when it came time to do something about it, I thought, they're going to be mad. They're going to make those noises, and there's going to be whining and explanations. And I ne- I, see, I never thought I would be somebody that felt like I had to explain my rationale to my children, but... You've met my children, and so you do. But uh, and it turns into a debate. Eventually, you kind of have to just be like, "No, that's what I said, and that's all it is." So, anyway, that's all free. So, um, but what we can really wear God out, and he, he tells us that's you know that's how you get things from me. You know, and the, the fasting really does put you in a, a good frame of mind to uh, to receive and gets your and it pushes your flesh out of the way. Um, I have to hurry if you guys are going to have time for coffee and donuts. Um, okay, verse 5. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? So he's, he's saying, you know, you, if you're, you know, you're finding, you know, finding pleasure and doing what you want to do and exacting these things, you know, picking at other people and, and grieving them and, you know, wanting to get your way. Um, it's like, is, is, that, is that what I ever intended for fasting to be? Is that ever what I intended uh, anything about seeking me to be? No. And so then God goes on to kind of go in a little further about what he, what he thinks about this. And he says, is not this the fast that I've chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness? to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke? Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry, that you bring the poor that are cast out to thy house, and when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that you hide not yourself from your own flesh? So, that's not what I think of when I think of a fast, typically. I'm thinking, oh man, it's a long time till dinner, or it's a long time till breakfast tomorrow. Um, but 
but this, if you, if you really want something that, that will push your flesh aside and probably something that your flesh is not going to be happy about, here's a good list of stuff for that. To, because, and I can tell you that, you know, if you've ever talked to somebody, uh, that was really just bound up with something, that they were oppressed and, uh, under this heavy burden and, and they had no answer and you had the answer. And, and you can point them back to God and, and bring them that 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 peaceful resolution to the turmoil that they're dealing with. That that's better than that's better than going out for pizza. I mean, that's that is some good stuff. And and it and it feels like why would I want to do anything else but this? Uh, you know, when I when Cynthia and I were young, we went through some really tough stuff where uh, you know, we had to deal with these counselors and stuff, and they were, you know, heathen as could be. And uh, so they had no real answers. But um, it was it was just a part of what God uh, was doing with us. And, and I remember thinking, man, that would be a cool job to have a job that you got to help people when they were at their very lowest place. And uh, that's an uncomfortable thing, but, um, but, the, but the rewards are really great. It's like that, that sense of, wow, you know, that uh, getting to be there to help somebody, to, to be, be God's hands and feet, as it were, when somebody really needs something, that's, that is a real blessing. And, and you can't put, a, can't put a price tag on that. But uh, but it does uh, put you in a place that's like a fast because your flesh is like, I was really actually kind of hoping to just not deal with this. I was kind of hoping that I could just sort of do what I would like to do. You know, I, I could guarantee that uh, Ron would really like to sit on his back porch and sip coffee and stare off into the sky rather than be constantly on the phone with folks um, loosing the bands of wickedness and undoing heavy burdens and setting the oppressed free, but I know that he loves it. And 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 he wouldn't he wouldn't do anything else. Um, I talked to him about that one time. I was like, "Does it ever just get really old?" <laughs> you know. And, and he's like, "No, I love what I do. And I was like, I, I you know I I love what I do, and and I wouldn't want to do anything else." Um, so he says in verse seven, "Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry, that you bring the poor that are cast out in your house, when you see the naked that you cover him?" And that you hide not yourself from your own flesh. So an interesting thing here um, is, you know, these are, of course, those, um, you know, this sort of thing is all through the Word of God. It's like, you know, if you, you don't just tell somebody, be it, you know, be warmed and be filled and just send them away. Um, you you do something about it. And and that's is part of what God's expectation is. Um, but you know the interesting thing about this, you know, uh, when you see the naked that you cover him. I was talking with my kids about this yesterday. There are few things in life more awkward than seeing somebody naked. And so, um, um, we don't think about it being the same way spiritually. You know, it's like we when we see someone's nakedness, as it were, then we're not 
you know, we're not inclined to be, oh, okay. Um, uh, you know, your your flesh would like to take that and, you know, be ha-ha and, and pick at them. It's just human nature. And, uh, and that's how the flesh is. And so he's saying here, it's like, well, actually, the fast that I would choose would be to cover them. The fast that I would choose would be to not uh, go telling everybody about it and and uh, and finding fault with them and lowering them in everybody else's eyes because because you saw that thing in their life. What I would have you to do would be to cover it. Um, and to some people more than others, that is a difficult thing for their flesh. It's like, no, but I want to tell somebody. It's like, I want to pick at them and... And 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 I look better if they look worse. Uh, and you know that's like the the worst possible way to. It's actually a really counterproductive way to try and make yourself look good because it actually doesn't make you look good. Um, but I love that he how he wraps up verse seven. He says that you hide not yourself from your own flesh because that's an easy thing to do. It's. Uh, it's really super easy to give yourself a pass on everything. And uh, I don't know how many times uh, I would really find fault with somebody about something. you know, And something minor, like just that it's not good or bad, it's just something that bothered me. And it's like, I can't believe, I hate when they do that. It's so, oh, I wish they would just, and then... It was funny. It's funny how many times I had this happen to me where then I would begin to do that very thing. And I would recognize I'm doing that very thing. And the first thing that I would do was, without even thinking about it, would be to start justifying it. Why it's okay for me to do it. Why it's different in my case because X, Y, and Z. And um, that brings to mind the old phrase, that's calling the kettle black, isn't it? And so... Um, so you have two things you can do there. You can hide yourself from your own flesh and say, "Well, that's okay because I did, you know, this and that, and, and that's okay because of this." Or you can say, "Wow, that thing that I found so aberrant and, and uh, irritating is me. It's like it's there, and you know, and, and God is really good at setting you up like that, to, where it's like, how do you, what do you think about this behavior? Oh, it's terrible." It's like David when Nathan comes and brings him the story about the about the the guy stealing the poor guy's sheep. Like, like how do you like that? It's horrible. Kill him. String him up. You know, it's like, well, that would be you. Well, it's okay because I'm king, right? So it's easy to do that. But he's you know he's talking about the idea here of. Do I do I just behave religiously, or do I actually, from the heart, do the things that that God expects? Do I actually am I a doer of the Word of God, or am I a, a hearer and a pretender? And so, uh, and I think that that phrase is central to that entire thing: that you hide not yourself from your own flesh. So. Um, you know, and that's the interesting thing there, because you can hide your flesh from everybody else with varying degrees of success. You can think that you're really covering something up really well, and people around you totally know what you're doing, or they totally know what you're thinking. And 
especially the people who know you best. Somebody knows you really well. I mean, I know what Cynthia is going to say before I say what I'm going to say. And so our conversations are almost scripted. It's almost like watching a movie play out because I know I'm going to say this and she's going to say this back to me. And then I'm going to say this and she's going to say this back to me. Um, not, not negative conversations, it's just I know that's what she's going to say because I know her like that. And so we forget that people know us, maybe not that well, but well enough to know, yeah, he's thinking this. Conversely, we can, uh, it's also human nature to ascribe motive to everything that everybody does. I was listening to this lady talking about having difficult conversations with people today. Um, and she said, I don't know about you, but I have never woken up and thought, I'm going to ruin so-and-so's day by just being a jerk. I'm going to do something mean and underhanded and subtle enough that they won't pick up on it, but I'm going to ruin their day. Like, I've never thought that. I, I know some people who might, but I've never thought that. And, um, But what happens when somebody does something that's perhaps negligent or you know, totally uh, innocent but was upsetting? That's what we jump to. It's like they did that with malice of forethought. They did that on purpose. I don't know if you've ever seen a Christmas story. You know, she breaks his hideous leg lamp, and he's uh, and he's like, get the glue. And she's like, we don't have any glue. And he's like, you used all the glue on purpose. And uh, you know, we we ascribe motive to people like that. And uh, But if it was us, though, and somebody calls us on it, it's like, you did that on purpose. It's like, I did what on purpose? My bad. I was, like, totally not thinking about it. So they probably are, too. But... That, that's all free. Um, so, um, but we we forget that we can we can hide ourselves from other people, we can hide our flesh from other people, and and conceal our, our motives and our actions uh, again with varying degrees of success. But you can't hide yourself from you. If you're really honest with yourself, you can't hide yourself from you. And, and honestly, if you want to try and hide yourself from you and, and ignore what is patently obvious in your own life, then um, it's really counterproductive. It's way easier to have like one uncomfortable moment of, of honesty and, um, and really get the issue dealt with. You know, because God is a, is a God that loves to fix things. And that's why he brings the stuff up in the first place. Some people love to bring up a, uh, an issue just so they can pick at you or be, just because they're spoiling for a fight. Kids are great about that. It's like, I'm bored, so I know your buttons, I know your buttons, I know your buttons, and I'm just going to push all of them. I remember this one time. It was so hilarious. Uh, Heidi got, uh, or Jeff and John get into this big argument, and Heidi is like subtly stoking the fires, and they don't even see it. you know. And she's just like, you know, getting this thing going until they're just all, ha, ha, and you know how much fun they are, how much fun it is to watch them argue. And Heidi just looks over and she says, I did this on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're so much fun. Um, but uh, kids do that. I see my kids do that at home. It's like, I'm bored. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick at you now. And I, I discourage it rather strongly because um, it's not nearly as funny. 
But anyway, yeah. So, uh, so I like this idea of God's idea of a fast being not hiding yourself from your own flesh. That um, so it's like okay, well, if we're going to push your flesh back, let's just take a look at it, and and let's just see here what, what do we have. And uh, and that that's a, a really super cool thing. When I worked with Kevin, um, you know, it was just him and me most of the time, day in day out, worked together all the time. And I was in my 20s, and I don't know how he put up with me. Honestly, I was super impatient, super immature, and just generally grouchy, and um, and very very whiny. And uh, I loved to complain eloquently about things, and. I don't know how he put up with it, but one day I had this moment where God was just really showing me something unrelated in my life that uh, that I was just really discouraged to see, but I couldn't deny it. I was like, okay, that's God showing me that this is an issue that we need to deal with. And I was talking to him a little bit about it, or I wanted to talk to him a little bit about it just to kind of bounce some things off of him because he was older, wiser, more mature than I Um but I kind of started out this conversation with, you know, I realized I'm just a butthead. And there was just, he was just as silent as you are. It was just like, it just hung there in the air. And I could, it, ascribing motive, ascribing his thoughts, I was thinking, he looks like he's trying not to laugh and also trying not to say, well, welcome back. You know, I'm glad you made it. You know, um, but uh, I don't know what he was actually thinking, but... Uh, um, after a moment, he's like, no, no, because blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and that's what we do. But, um, yep, so, so um, but having those kinds of realizations and being that honest with yourself, uh, and honestly with people around you, is a really uh, is a really great way to open yourself up to let God really fix that stuff. Um, so, but then he says, then shall thy light break forth as the morning. And thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy rear reward. And uh, I didn't get a chance to look up that word, what that even means. Uh, the margin of my Bible says um, that um, the glory of the Lord shall gather you up. But uh, that does not sound like what you want, that things would break forth as the morning, that your health would spring forth speedily. I mean, just on a side note, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff they've proven that that being super unhappy and negative all the time is actually bad for your health. But um, but it's bad for your spirit. It's it's um, uh, it it eventually um, all of that negativity and stuff actually makes you bitter, and 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 that gets to be something really nasty to try and root out. He says, then you shall call, and the Lord shall answer. You shall cry, and he shall say, here I am. Isn't that what you'd want? More than anything, it's like, if I needed God, I, I would want to know that he, I'd, I'd want to really truly believe that he hears me, and that if I needed something from him, he would say, here I am. Because we don't typically think that way. We We know that's the right answer, but we usually... Uh, have our idea of whether or not God is, is hearing us or whether or not God would do something for us, it's usually colored by our idea of how we're doing. And uh, um, and 
and and that's where faith comes in in him being the potter and not you. So you know, don't misunderstand anything that I'm saying here about you know this is your ticket to heaven because it's not. The only thing that that will swing open the pearly gates is the blood of Jesus and nothing else. But between here and there, God has an expectation for how we're going to behave, and uh, uh, and honestly, if the world can't see Him in us through this, then they can't see Him at all. And so that's what we want to do, is is make sure that we're doing these things. But he says, you shall call and the Lord shall answer. And you shall cry and he shall say, here I am. If you take away from the midst of you the yoke, the putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity. So he, he kind of brings it back now. He's like, oh, here's, some, here's a few other things, by the way. Um, the midst, uh, Taking away from the midst of you the yoke and the putting forth of the finger. Jesus said that, uh, he said, uh, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, and they bind men with heavy burdens, uh, and they they wouldn't lift a finger to help them. It's like so. Uh, he's like, you know, listen to the things they say because they're coming from the they're coming from the written word of God. But don't do like they do. And uh, and he says, and speaking vanity, that really goes right along with that because that's what they were doing. They were speaking the word of God. But they were coming at it from this place of really putting a yoke on the people of God and and uh, and finding, you know, putting forth their finger like, you know, you don't have this, you know, thing. We are the, the priesthood. We have this monopoly on God and 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 all that. And, and we can do that. We can uh, and, and we don't have to be that obvious about it. But we can act like, you know, I, I have this grand spiritual thing going on in my life and yet uh the things that i'm speaking are vanity that that they're it's it's i'm not talking real things about what god is doing in my life they're imagined and uh and um uh and the more i talk about it the more it puts a yoke on you because it makes you feel like you're not doing as well as me and 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 you go away from an interaction with me thinking I wish I was doing as well as they are. I wish I felt as good as they do about God. But it's vanity. They're speaking. They're speaking lies and vanity. Um, and and that, that's a very real thing that happens. But he says, if you take all that stuff away from you, that take away from you the midst of the yoke, putting the midst of you the yoke, putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity. If you draw out your soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul. Then shall your light rise in obscurity, and your darkness shall be as noonday. I don't know about you. I love noontime. Like, I love, one of the greatest things about my job is I get to spend a lot of time, like, driving around and going outside in the middle of the day. Sometimes that really is awful, like when it's in the teens out and I have to go measure some huge apartment complex or something and try not to freeze to death. But most of the time, it's like you go outside, it's like, I've got like this appointment at 11 a.m. and like the sun is high in the sky. Everything is just crystal clear. There's something about the daylight at noontime that's different than in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening as the sun's going down. It's just, I don't know, it's hard to articulate it, but it's its own special sort of thing. And that's it's really bright. It's the brightest time of day. Um, and, and shadows are at a minimum because the light is shining right down on everything. And so wouldn't you like your darkness to be that clear in your life, to be that well lit? Because um, if, if 
you have that much light to work with, uh, you're not going to stumble. You're not going to trip over something that you can't see. And, and that takes you right back to not hiding yourself from your own flesh. It's like, well, here we are again. It's like, so I've, I'm doing these things and there's all this light and, oh, I just saw this thing. So, okay, well, let's deal with that, God, because I, I, I don't want that in there. So, cut me. So he says, uh, if you shall, <laughs> if you shall draw out thy soul to the, the, the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul. And that, that goes back to what I was talking about before. That that is like the greatest feeling when you you have somebody that I mean I don't know how many times I came away from an encounter with Ron thinking like you know I, I don't talk to him often but usually when I do it's because I have some just dreadfully tangled thing that I cannot make sense of and and um, and then coming away with an answer coming away with a real answer from God that brings peace. And, and I, I remember just thinking so many times that happens. Like, man, what a great thing to do with your life. That would be like the coolest job. And um, um, and this is what he's talking about. These are the, it's like this is the reward for that. And uh, uh, but it, it comes from uh, it, you give of yourself. You you give of what God puts in you. Because it doesn't come from you, it comes from him. But he puts it in you and then comes out through you. And so he says, if you draw out your soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall your light rise in obscurity. Like darkness shall be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a water garden, like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And wouldn't you want that for your life? And so it's like he's talking about obedience here. He's like, you know, you can you can you can fast two or three times a week or or whatever, and ha- and it can literally be nothing but a useless religious exercise. Is what is, is what he started out saying. He's like, you can fast for all the wrong reasons and lose all of the benefit of of what you're doing if it's not paired with the actually doing what God's real expectation for our life is. And and it's it's honestly in a lot of a lot of cases it's actually easier to to skip a day's worth of meals than it is to do this stuff. And and that's what he's saying. He's like, you know, yeah, that seems like a you know, like yes, I, I it's like the Pharisees fast twice a week, but they don't do any of this stuff, so they've completely missed the point. I mean, who wouldn't want to have God lead them continually? You know, I mean, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You, you know, I don't know how many times I've found God to just inexplicably get me to the right place at the right time, doing the right thing through no fault of my own. It's like I had no idea where I was going. I just happened to end up in the right place because God does that. I can't compete with Him. <laughs> so dang cute. Um. And, and to satisfy your soul in drought, it's like that. It's like having your your roots run down deep into the earth, where you have access to water, even though it's not raining. You know, that's that's what that's what we want. And, he, and to to make fat your bones, I mean, it, that's a nice excuse. To, well, I have big bones. Um, that's not what he's talking about, of course. But you know, you know what he's talking about. 
uh, and you should be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that be of thee shall build the old waste places. And thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of paths to dwell in. Boy, wouldn't you want to be that? So, but the thing is, is you can miss all of that if you set out, that's my goal. It's like I'm going to be the restorer of paths to dwell in. I'm going to be that repairer of the breach. It's like you can ask that. That's what I want to do. You know, and I want you to use me to do that. But what I'm going to focus on is doing the little things that Jesus tells me and to be try hard a good example now to be. I'm going to be I'm going to take my cues from uh from Stephen and Philip because they didn't they didn't go out for some grand thing to be seen of anybody. They they just went to go take care of the widows. Kind of seemed like they did like the like the the leftover thing. And and it turned out to be that was the thing that um uh, catapulted these guys the magnificent seven into their their light rose in obscurity and their darkness was like noonday because they they did this stuff they they cast they dealt their bread to the hungry and they, they took in the poor and they covered the naked and and they they broke the yokes and and uh, and did all that stuff and uh <clears throat> so that's an awesome thing um and i just I wanted to bring that up because we don't want to, you know, you, you want that stuff in your life. And there's nothing wrong with having that be a goal. But it should be sort of like a secondary goal that's more of like, hopefully this, you know, it's like I, I just trust the Lord that that will happen because that's what he said. But my focus is not going to be on doing the things that God would tell me to do because he told me to do them. And because it's because it's what God would have, not because... Uh, because Jesus is very clear in the Sermon on the Mount, if you if you uh, if you pray so that people can hear how eloquently you pray, you've already gotten your reward. God doesn't need to hear your prayers, God, uh, and God doesn't need to do anything with them because you already got what you were after. You just wanted everybody to to hear you. So if you want to be seen um, doing those things, then uh, you you can count on not getting the reward. You can you can count on it because you've already gotten it because people saw you and honestly not very many people were probably impressed with your religiosity. Most people were probably like, "Well, that was awkward." So, uh, you know, God just he continually brings us back to this place of, um, I want you to do what my word tells you to do from the heart for the right reason. And, and not because you can't manipulate me by by you know fasting to to prove that that you're right and they're wrong. You can't uh, you know and and if you're you know you're fasting to for some out of some sense of self-aggrandizement or whatever. You know any anything that we would see as wow that person's really spiritual or whatever. You can do it for all of the wrong reasons and completely miss out on all of it. And as I said, it becomes a it's a, a useless, empty religious exercise, and all the while God is um, is wanting to be real in your life and wanting to be acknowledged as such and to be obeyed. So, um, um, so that's that's what God does, and we we, just, we want that in our life. We because if our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost, and 
uh, I, I would rather uh, I would rather deal, you know, with somebody who um, who was you know quiet but had the answer than somebody who had lots of religious things to display but no substance. So, Jesus, we just thank you and praise you for these things, God. I, I take seriously, God, this injunction from your word, God. To God, you you went on in that chapter to talk about um, turning away from our own pleasure on the Sabbath day and choosing the things that pleased you. Um, God, that it just it continues on in that chapter talking about uh, resting in you, that our righteousness is in you and not what we could, um, not how we're seen by other people. And God, what we pray is that you would do this in all of us, bring us to that sort of fast. God, the fast that you have chosen, God, to um, to draw out our soul to the hungry, God, to break the, the bands of wickedness and to not hide ourselves from our own flesh, God, but to to come before you in absolute honesty and sincerity and truth, God, and to uh, obey you from the heart, Lord God, and, um, and if we're not feeling it, God, I know we can do it because we know that we're obeying you. God, and, and you bring us into that place where it becomes more and more of the thing that we would do because it's in our heart to do it. Now, God, we just pray that you would bring your word to pass in us. God, illuminate in us everything that would uh, that would hinder you. God, that hinders us. God, shine the searchlight of your presence on us. God, uh, with such blinding clarity. God, that we would see ourselves in your presence, God, and... Um, have no more uh, shred of self-defense than John did on Patmos, God, but that we would let you look right through us God, and, and identify the things that you want changed, Lord God, and that, that we wouldn't try to, to justify or uh, or hang on to those things or or come up with some way, with some sort of work around, God, but that we would just submit humbly to you and everything that you would say, God. Uh, your word in all things, in all places, is right about all things, God. And we just we thank you for it. We just praise you, God. This, this is the foundation on which we want to build our lives, God. This is that solid rock, God. We want to be uh, hearers of the word and do it, God, that we might be in that foundation. God, we just pray it and ask it in your righteous name. God, do as only you can do today in this place. Minister in this place as only you can to every need. God, I, I bind uh, the flesh. God, I, I bind every unclean thing that would come against your people. God, that would desire to, to display itself as, as some great thing. God, I just I pray that there would be nothing in this place today but real people doing real business with real God. God, as only you could do. You've come to bring gifts, God, and we want those gifts. God, you've come with blessings, and we want those blessings, God, and we want to bring you uh, a blessing in return, God, of of our utter transparency and obedience and, and praise from a pure heart. God, we pray it and ask it in your righteous name. Amen. Amen.